The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself and Bully Ray talk all about Monday Night Raw. We talk about the amazing main event for the Intercontinental Championship between Chad Gable and Gunther and how old school storytelling and old school emotional investment works in 2023. Also, we get into Jay Uso and his return to Monday Night Raw. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Just excited to talk pro wrestling again. You know, a lot of the drama over the last few days, over the last week, a lot of the conversation has been what's going on outside the ring. I'm actually excited. I think the nation is as well, Bully, to just talk about what we saw in the ring and what we saw on our TV screens last night. You are obviously talking about Monday Night Raw, so we'll get right to it. What did you think about what you saw on your TV last night? I loved it. I actually really loved that show, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, Every segment, it seemed, on that show meant something. And the main event, obviously... Uh, Gunther now, who is about to make history, passing the Honky Tonk Man as the longest intercontinental champion. They did such a great job of showing you the history and all the major superstars that have held that intercontinental championship title since, you know, Pat Patterson. And then they also did a great job of showing highlights of the last time both him and Chad Gable were in the ring together. And, and doing commentary on their last match and what it can mean for Chad Gable in the main event. That's how you do it. I loved how they built up that main event until you finally saw it at the end of Monday Night Raw. They are always reminding you of the story that they're trying to tell, and then they are bringing that story forward. They constantly recap. It's for every single set of eyes that is watching that product at any given moment. It's for the set of eyes and for the fan that is there every single week. And it is for the the set of eyes and the fan that might just be tuning in for the very first time. So they are grabbing you no matter what. And then they go out there and they deliver. Because I'll be damned if Chad Gable and Gunther did not deliver last night. Go back and watch the last two minutes of the match. 
tells you everything you need to know. All they remember is the finish. And the grabbing hold defeat too. I mean, to see no the pun intended. Oh my god, to see the close up of his daughter crying at ringside, like. I mean, seriously, Bully, and I think it gets lost a lot in the world of pro wrestling, especially uh, lately, about the importance of a championship, the, the importance of a fight, the importance of the contest, being emotionally invested. Like you said, yes, obviously people who are new viewers watching for the first time are like, oh, okay, this is a big deal. But for us that watch every week, they told you that this match is a big deal. Why? Because they also showed you how important that intercontinental championship is like that big match feel. And you can only have that big match feel when you have anticipation for a match. There was so much anticipation built during the course of that three hours that how could you not be emotionally invested in what was going on with those two people? First of all, you have Chad Gable who had that surprise, even though it was a count out that surprise victory. And then you have Gunther that's chasing history. The possibility of being the longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time. And the fact that they kept reminding you that this isn't a premium live event. It's here for you on free TV on a Monday night. I can't think of a better job of building up a match than the WWE did for that match last night. And a very well thought out story from Jump Street because now the count out victory actually meant something and it meant something last night because you're reminded that there was a chance despite the fact that it was a count out that gable had a shot of winning and not only did he have a shot of winning he had a shot of taking history away from gunther so last night hometown guy kids in the front row wife in the front row family, the buildup of the story, the anticipation, the, oh my God, what if, does he really have a chance? Like I said, go back and watch the final two minutes and down the stretch, they come. People were on their feet. Who's going to tap? Is this Gable's moment? All of the stuff that they did makes for great professional wrestling there's emotional investment i'm not just sitting around waiting for another move to happen i'm sitting there and waiting to see what my guy is going to do next what piece of offense my guy is going to put in there next how is my guy selling is my guy selling and is he going to tap out or is he going to be able to do something to retaliate when done correctly you get what you got last night. Yep. Which is you're on the edge of your seat. And if you're not on the edge of your seat, you're standing on your feet. Yeah. They had that whole place buying in. So when you hear me or Tommy or Mark or Mickey Thunder talk about professional wrestling done the right way. And you know what? I won't even include them in the sentence because I don't want to speak for any of them because maybe some of them didn't like the match last night, but I don't think that's the truth. When I talk about when professional wrestling is done correctly, I'm referring to that match we saw last night. Gunther and Chad Gable stole the show. Great match, great story. And now we have a new history-making intercontinental champion who can be remembered 
and appreciated by this current generation of WWE superstar. One of the, the problems that the WWE was running into is that the champions that represented, you know, past greatness aren't relatable anymore. Like, I'm sure that there's a, a significant amount of WWE fans in a certain age group right now who have zero clue about Bruno San Martino. No matter how much their parents might try to explain to them who's Bruno or show them on YouTube or the WWE Network, this is Bruno. Even watching Bruno to them might not be that exciting because that was a different style of professional wrestling, you know, period. Not what they're used to seeing today. And now we're no longer talking about the honky tonk, man. And we're not talking about um, uh, um, uh, Pedro Morales. We're talking about Gunther, you know, with the tag team titles. We're no longer talking about the Dudleys and uh, the Hart Foundation and the British Bulldogs. We're talking about the Usos and the New Day. So last night, on many different levels, for many different reasons, great business done by the WWE. Yeah, and and I want to ca capitalize on a few things that you just said, Bully. One is that when it comes to building that match, obviously if you asked me throughout the two hours and 30 minutes of Monday Night Raw, I would have told you that there's no doubt in my mind that Gunther was going to retain the Intercontinental Championship and he was going to make history. But as soon as they showed his family, Chad Gable's family at ringside, I started thinking, well, wait a second. Maybe we do see Gable win this Intercontinental title. Because there's certain things as fans that you look for in certain time periods. And that was one of those things where I was like, you know what? Maybe they will go with a new Intercontinental champion tonight. Now, Gunther's going to make history. September 7th is going to be the date, I think, that he'll pass uh, the Honky Tonk Man. But you mentioned about, all right, here's a champion that's this new generation. I got to tell you, Bully, I think Guther is one of those wrestlers that every generation of a wrestling fan would appreciate. There's just, there's a bit of throwback in Gunther, the way he wrestles, the physicality behind everything that he does. He's very much like a Randy Orton bully in the sense that everything he does in the ring means something. And that lariat he gave Gable to finish him off last night was maybe one of the most physical lariats I have ever seen as a fan. What is the, f uh, would you agree that we live in a very flash in flashy times in professional wrestling? Yes, I would say that's true. What is the flashiest thing about Gunther? Nothing. It's, it's, it's all old school physicality. His robe and his entrance is kind of yeah. flashy. Sure. If I had to if I had to use the word flashy for Gunther, I'd say his robe, his entrance. After that, ding ding ding. It's about as old school as you can get. Tights, trunks, and good, aggressive, psychologically sound professional wrestling with great transitions, selling and registering that means something. One of the things that I've spoke about on this show for a long time is the art of registering, not necessarily selling,
but registering because most wrestlers have forgotten what what registering is and good registering is almost a thing of the past gunther does that and comparing gunther to randy orton is uh, is an extremely high compliment that you're paying him and i agree with you matt wrestlers um masters of the art of whether it's on the mat or when there are spots involved those spots are physical over flashy kind of you know like when when ftr says all fists and no flips i i, I don't honestly agree with their little tagline but i get it when i see gunther I truly believe it. Everything that that guy does, he lays his shit in. It looks good. Where he does it, why he does it. I've always been a fan of Gunther's psychology. Gunther will allow a baby face to blow a comeback and then take the finish out of absolutely nowhere. Things you do not see. And I was seeing this in him years ago, not just me, but a lot of different fans or professionals. He didn't, as much as he stuck to the recipe for success, which is shine, heat, comeback, finish, he would play with it a little bit. He would, you know, uh, a good song, Dave, what is it? Uh, verse, chorus, yep. solo, verse, chorus, and then the out, right? Yeah. But we see bands screw with that type of uh, recipe for a great song at times. And that's what Gunther does. He will take shine, he come back, finish, and he will play with it, especially the comeback. He will get heat on his heel, give that heel a comeback. And right after like the third move, boom, he goes and he beats him. And I love that anytime, anywhere um, feel that Gunther gives us during his matches. And and you know what I love? I hope I'm not giving you too much right now. No, no, no. It's great. And, you know, you mentioned about the last two minutes of that match. What I loved about that match is, what's Gunther? Gunther's physical. What about Gable? Gable's an amateur wrestler. And then, you know, Gable had that ankle lock on Gunther. And Gunther was trying to roll out of it, but Gable was able to hold it. And then Gunther was able to kick his way free. And then, and then Gunther just went into a completely just like shifted into another gear. And then when he did that suplex on Gunther and then quickly did that power bomb and then picked him up and then did that lariat, it was like almost like Gunther saying, F this, like enough of playing around. He went into that other gear and just, and there was, and then everybody in the arena, like I was like, I was saying to myself, as much as I wanted to see Gable win that match, I was saying when he hit that lariat on Gable, I was like, please don't kick out. Please do not kick out of this because it was so perfect because the way that he did the suplex to the power bomb to the, to that lariat, no man should be able to kick out of that. And then obviously Gable was not able to, to and Gunther won the match too many times. We see a series of physicality like Gunther did on Gable, and you see a kick out on two. You see that arm go up and the shoulder go up. Sometimes, Bully, it needs to be a little bit real. You know, you need to buy in. And when you have that kind of physicality, no man should be able to kick out. And that's what did in Chad Gable at the end of that match last night.
And much like you, I love the fact that Gable had the ankle lock on. An Olympic gold medalist had an ankle lock, uh, a Kurt Angle-esque ankle lock on Gunther. And they keep the move credible. Gunther cannot get out of it. Gunther cannot crawl to the ropes because Gable has all the leverage. When Gunther gets close to the ropes, Gable cinches it in some more and pulls him back. So the only thing that Gunther can do, the only defense, is to get to his back. And where does a wrestler not want to be? On his back. On his back. But Gunther knows that he's got to get to his back just so he can put some well-placed kicks right underneath Gable's jaw. And if he catches him in the right spot, he might get Gable to release the hold a little bit. And that's exactly what happened. Gable releases the hold. And then Gunther is able to go in with three power moves and take care of Gable. No transition. It didn't need transition right there. It needed a German. It needed a power bomb. It needed a clothesline. And that's what it got, correct? Yep. And then he beat him. It was boom, boom, boom. Like, it wasn't, it, you know, like enough of this shit. Like, there was a lot of times where they slowed the match down, which, again, gets the crowd going. You get the Gable chance, like we did a few times during that match. But that was not the time for it. It was boom, 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 end of the match, finish, done. And that's how you beat somebody like Gable. You don't give him any air to breathe. And nobody would be able to beat Gunther. And now you look at Gunther... And now you look at that Intercontinental Championship bully in a completely different way. How many times have you and I on this on this show talked about you know the Intercontinental Championship, secondary championship? Maybe they should even do away with the Intercontinental Championship, make it into something else, merge it with another championship title. They have done a great job during this whole reign of Gunther to not only put Gunther up to the moon, but that title that he holds as well. You look at that Intercontinental Championship so much differently. As a, as a matter of fact, to me, no offense to Seth Rollins at that World Heavyweight Championship, I, I put the Intercontinental Championship above the World Heavyweight Championship right now because of the man who holds it and how he defends it. And that Intercontinental Championship has been around for a long period of time. It might not have meant much, met, meant much in the past, but now it means something. The man is making the championship. Gunther is putting credibility on that championship. Not that Seth is not putting credibility on the new championship, but it's a brand new championship. Yes. And we know why it was invented. Dave, I, I, I know you like this match a lot. Uh, uh, scale of one to 10. What'd you give the match? I want to make a, a comparison. Nine. I give it a nine. Great. Give me a match in AEW that you gave a nine to. I'd probably say the uh, the strap match from Sunday night between uh, Ricky Starks and Brian Danielson. Can you give me just a regular match? Something that doesn't involve a gimmick. It does, and it doesn't even have to be from the other night. You know, I'd, 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 I'd probably need a chance to think about it because the matches that come to mind are... You know, probably a lot of gimmick matches, honestly. But how about uh, Jericho and Will Ospreay from All In? I probably, I probably, I probably give that match a nine. Great. 
tell me out of the two matches that you gave a nine to which one you enjoyed better and why I would probably say um I would probably say Jericho and Osprey just because of the pomp and circumstance around that match as well because it was in front of 82,000 fans. You had the intro from Jericho. There was a lot of pomp and circumstance around it, right? The entrances, everything else. This was completely different in the fact that, you know what? I'm going to go back a little bit. I apologize. I probably picked the match from last night as the as the one that I would choose over because and you know me, Bully, as much as I love the pomp and circumstance and I love Jericho and that entrance, there's something about the emotional investment. And I know it sounds crazy, but seeing Chad Gable's daughter at ringside crying, it brings so much emotion and realism to the match. For a second there, you're not thinking that this is a predetermined sport. You're thinking that this was two men fighting for a championship, and that championship meant everything to the man and his family. When you're that emotionally invested in something, it's hard to choose something else over it. Is that fair to and say? Yes, and everything that you started to mention about Jericho and Osprey, you talked about the pomp and the circumstance of the match. You talked about Jericho playing himself out. The first two things that came to mind had nothing to do with the actual match when the bell rang and you pumped the brakes real quick. And I, I was happy you did that because I was going to hit you with, no, you started off with all the accoutrement. Yeah. You started off with the peas and carrots, not the steak. So I'm glad you pumped the brakes here. There's something about the way the WWE does it. And with Gable's girl at ringside, it's relatable to you. It's yeah. a little girl watching her daddy out there and showing concern. You have a daughter. It, it, it It's going to feel a certain way to you. And, and, and I'm guessing here, Bully, this isn't a thing where it was his wife crying, where his wife knows, understands the business, gets what's going on there. I would think from his, his kids that were at ringside, that was true emotion. Doesn't matter if this is predetermined or not. That's their father up there, and they're watching their father lose. Like that, those I'm, I am a hundred percent sure those are genuine tears that were coming from their eyes. Cause that's their father bully. And, you know, and again, I think in a lot of ways, you know, when it comes to pro wrestling, the whole thing that you and I grew up on was let's make this as real as possible so that we're buying into this being a hundred percent genuine along the way. We've kind of lost that. We don't call it a match or a contest anymore. We call it a segment and a show like, you know, over time we've, instead of being a, a sport, which as I would continue to do, it's more of an entertainment and a TV show. Try saying that to the two people that were in the ring last night and try saying that to the family that was sitting at ringside watching that match. To them, this wasn't a segment or a TV show. This was a physical contest for a championship title. That's one of the big reasons that I fell in love with pro wrestling to begin with. And I'm pretty sure that Chad Gable never smartened his wife and kids up. 
Just sit in the front row and react. And let's see what we get. Josh Alexander, the former Impact World Heavyweight Champion. Whenever he goes to the ring now, his little boy cries. The little boy's name is Jet. And you saw him on television during uh, Bully versus Josh Alexander along with his wife. The kid now cries every time he knows his father's in the ring with me just because of what I did to his father in the past. Impressionable. Mm -hmm. And when you can get that kind of uh, emotion out of children, it really, really resonates. I believe plenty of wrestling fans out there who watched Raw last night feel the same way as you do. When they saw the little girl crying, they thought, oh, wow. Maybe there's a chance. Yeah, I, I, I thought you know when they showed the family, it's like maybe we do see a new intercontinental champion. I mean, think about it. Like, I mean, when you see certain things like that. But again, when the match was going on, bully, you're in. You're invested. You're not thinking of certain things that I think we've become accustomed to thinking as fans. It's realism, and that's what I mean. That's the, that was always the name of the game. Bully is genuine realism, and then emotional investment. I got that in that main event last night, and it's funny because you talk about AEW and some of the matches that I love most from AEW. My number one match always is and always will because it's one of my top ten matches of all time. Was Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes? How real first, was that? And that was as real as real can get. Because it was, and think about this, this was pre-Dynamite. This was their first premium live event because All In wasn't an AEW show. But that first Double or Nothing in Vegas, all those vignettes and promos were on, on YouTube, on social media. And this is brother against brother. Like, it doesn't get any more real than that. Realism is always going to trump pomp and circumstance. And there's a and again, I'm not saying that there's not a place for that bully. Obviously that there is. You know, you always say it. It's it needs to be a balance, right? It's like it's it's like a buffet. Pro wrestling is a buffet. Gives you a little bit of this, a little bit of this, and a little bit of that. But nothing for me as a fan trumps emotional investment and realism. Nothing. Not the, you could have the funniest joke, you have the you could have the greatest entrance. But nothing beats emotional investment in a match. Nothing. And think about how they won you over. Last night for two and a half hours, you knew there wasn't a shot in hell that Gable was going to win, right? Yep. And then the bell rang. And little by little by little, suspension of disbelief. You sat back at first and you go, well, you know, Gunther is going to win and he's going to, you know, break the record. And, you know, that's the business to be done here. And then through their work, they had you scratching your head and changing your mind that by the end of the match and every little thing that they did, they had you saying to yourself, holy crap, Gable's going to win. Yeah. And then, and how about this bully that there was a point where he had that ankle lock on and I'm thinking to myself, Maybe he could win this. You know, he had like Gunther was reaching for the rope and he was just about to grab that rope and Gable pulled him back. At that moment, I'm like, holy shit. Gable could win this match. 
30 seconds later, Bully, 30 seconds later, I'm like, this is over. Gunther won, it's over. Think about that. How quickly that happened. It's like a knockout punch, right? Or a, or a turnover in a game where your team's at the goal line and you're like, oh, wait, they're going to score and win this game. And then, and then the running back fumbles the ball. Gunther is great at allowing fans of his opponent to have hope until the last second. And then that hope quickly goes away. It's almost Darth Vader-esque. Like, holy shit, my guy has a shot of beating Vader. Van Vader just says, no, I'm going to strike you down. Yeah, it's like, uh, let me remind you who I am. Correct. Correct. And that's what they did last night. Great stuff yeah. from, from Gable and, uh, and Gunther. This is former UFC champion Chris Weidman. Do you want to feel what it's like to get in the octagon with me? Right now, we are bringing the hardest-hitting MMA talk on the planet to your podcast feeds with Won't Back Down, a SiriusXM podcast. Every Monday, I'm speaking my mind and taking you inside combat sports like no one else. Every tap, every snap, and whatever else is on my mind. Download Won't Back Down right now on SiriusXM, Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Won't Back Down. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Jey Uso last night comes to Monday Night Raw, and there was something that happened last night that I just thought was amazing. And I don't know if you caught it or not. But um, first and foremost, at payback, Cody Rhodes says, hey, pulled some strings. Jey Uso is coming to Monday Night Raw. Loved Michael Cole making the reference that, you know, Cody Rhodes used to be an EVP, so I guess he was able to get that done. Funny. Jey Uso comes back, and obviously the reaction to Jey Uso was amazing last night. You know, 15,000 fans on their feet going crazy. But there's something else that grabbed my attention. And it's probably been a long time since I've seen something like this happen in the world of pro wrestling. The announcement was made on Saturday that Jey Uso was coming to Monday Night Raw. Jey Uso starts Monday Night Raw. 
and bully. That arena in North Carolina last night was filled with Jey Uso signs. I mean, you probably have to go back to like Stone Cold 316 where something so quickly got over with a fan base that you saw as many signs as you did last night for Jey it's It seemed like watching that show that the arena was filled with Jey Uso signs last night. That's how you know you're getting across to your audience. That's how you know somebody is over. And that's how you catch lightning in a bottle. Kudos to the WWE. Kudos to Jey Uso. And kudos to that North, North Carolina crowd last night for Raw. And your question is? It's not, more, it's not really a question. It's more of just a comment that I want to get your take on. Because in this day and age in pro wrestling... It's very, very difficult to grab people in the moment and get them to react as much as they did. In a lot of ways, Bully, you know this, in 2023, fans don't buy in like they used to. That was kind of really cool to see last night from that North Carolina crowd. Wrestling fans are emotionally invested in Jey Uso. Why wouldn't they react the way they did? Man, I'm not. I was. Cool. I'm so not cool. shocked by it at all. First no, of all, I, you're I, opening. You're opening the show with it. So he's got. He's, yeah. he, he's in the. He's in the pole position right there. He's Detroit Rock City. People are into this storyline. The Usos, Jimmy and Jay, are as important to the Bloodline story as Roman Reigns. They don't care about the moves that he does. They care about him. They care about the fact that who gave him the endorsement, by the way? Cody. Cody gave him the endorsement. Cody's number one babyface on the show. They're not going to boo him out of the building because they like him. They like the bloodline story. And he got the rub in the endorsement from Cody. But it's not even just about the reaction from the crowd. Obviously, I know there's going to be a reaction from the crowd, Bully, especially like you said that it's starting off the show. It's just all the Jay Uso signs. Like, you know, that it, it, that to me tells that, hey, obviously, everybody that was in attendance last night watched Payback on Saturday to know that Jay Uso is now part of Monday Night Raw, but that they're so emotionally invested, they're making a sign with hopes that they were going to see Jay Uso on Raw on Monday night. That's just, it's just that instant reaction to things. That tells you how hardcore that audience is right now, that they're watching everything, they're buying into everything, and they're also buying into the storyline that's being told to them. I, Dave, I, I'm not nearly as shocked as you are. I think this comes with the territory when you are involved in something like the Bloodline storyline and like something the WWE Universe has not gotten for a long time. They're going to respond to every player in that, uh, story. I guess you're just shocked by the amount of signs. Yeah, the signs got me. That means, wow, this is really working. This is clicking. And shock is a strong word. I'm, I wasn't shocked. More, more surprised than shocked. But it feels like now, especially in the WWE, that fans are having fun with it and that fans are following the stories and fans are following the characters and personalities and are booing the wrestlers that are heels and cheering 
the you know the baby face wrestlers so many times we see them kind of go against the grain or pick and choose who they want to cheer when you get the fans emotionally invested and when there is no wasted segments bully and when there isn't filler this is the reaction you're going to get from the crowd and right now it's working wouldn't you say bully that for the most part, the WWE universe is buying into the personalities and buying into the stories and buying into the characters and cheering who they're supposed to cheer and boo who they're supposed to boo. Absolutely. And one year ago, it wasn't <clears throat> actually, I'll go back a little about father a year and a half ago. It wasn't like this. It wasn't like that at all. No, they are very much into what the WWE is serving them up right now. Yep. You can tell by the houses. Those houses are full, if not sold out, for yes. Raw and SmackDown every single week. You see the crowd shots. No, hey, no, nothing blacked out or tarped off. Bully, payback was sold out. It, it sold out Saturday pay-per-view. No bloodline. No Roman Reigns. Cody's not, Cody's not wrestling. Like... And it was sold out. I think I think right now the WWE is hitting on all cylinders. People are coming to see the WWE and what the entire company will give them. Yep. That's when you know as a company you're doing the right thing. Because as you said, no advertised Cody match, no advertised bloodline match. So what drew the people to the house? It's the WWE. And where was the show? Uh, payback was in uh, Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh, even though a can be sometimes of a dreary town to perform in front of, it's a pay-per-view. They're going to be, they're going to be pretty up for it. And as this, they were, and this consistently happens because bully uh, the WWE sent out a press release. And I think we're getting used to this coming out you know, immediately after premium live events, but the WWE announced that payback, uh, which again was in Pittsburgh was the most watched and highest grossing payback in company history. Uh, the premium live event set new records for viewership gate and merchandise. This seems to be bully, uh, a trend with almost every premium live event that we're seeing. You know, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, even these other pay-per-views like Payback, they just keep breaking records. And that's something that we weren't seeing for a while. But again, they broke viewership, gate, and merchandise. Most watched Payback ever in WWE history. I believe that there is still a bit of a silent war going on between AEW and WWE. They love to tout these numbers every last chance they get. Whether that's AEW touting the numbers of all in or the WWE touting their numbers, which they seem to be uh, uh, touting new numbers every single week because they keep breaking records. Yes? No? Do you I don't believe know. the same thing? I, I don't that's know. That's what my perception is telling me. I, 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 I could be wrong, Bully. I don't think the WWE... Well, I mean, I shouldn't say that because, you know, Michael Cole made that remark to start off Monday Night Raw. Um, you know, we saw Grayson Waller, who got attacked by Jey Uso, you know, with a Pepsi can against his face saying that he, you know, he should be fired uh, for attacking him. Like, they seem to be making, like, little jabs 
here and there towards AEW. But I think when you when if you they're look- going out of their way to take these shots at a these very subtle shots at AEW, why wouldn't they fire off real world tangible numbers to prove to the wrestling world just still who is the powerhouse in pro wrestling? Hey, listen, I mean, listen, what AEW did last weekend, you know, is is no small feat. I mean, to have, you know, almost 82,000 fans paid, which they're saying is the most, is the biggest paid, you know, crowd, again, paid crowd for a pro wrestling event ever. I mean, this, you know, AEW Dynamite hasn't even been on the air for four years, bully. So their national show hasn't even been on the air for four years. That's a big feat. So if I'm the WWE, I probably do want to start touting some of these numbers because is AEW a threat to the WWE? No, but we're already seeing AEW being able to do things that the WWE has not been able to do. Listen, it wasn't that long ago that John Cena was kind of get wanting to get a WrestleMania in Wembley, right, Bully? I mean, they, you know... Well, are they going to be able to do that? Because AEW announced that this is going to be a yearly event that All In is going to be in Wembley. So, I mean, I think at the very least, it made the WWE stand up and take notice. And, I, you know, f- for a lot of this time, Bully, I would say, you know what, the WWE, all right, yes, they are aware of AEW, but I don't think they look at AEW that way. But if they're taking shots then they definitely are more than just on their radar. I think the shots are being taken because AEW does go out of their way to take the shots at them. So whenever they feel like there's one that they can take back, they do. Yeah, but the WWE has always kind of been above that type of thing. Like, you know, we've seen that before where, you know, companies have taken shots at WWE, but they would kind of be like, they would let it just ricochet off them. But now they're, they're countering it. Now, it's all probably in good nature and just in fun. But you know what? Fans get up in in arms when AEW takes shots at the WWE. And now, currently, the WWE is taking shots at AEW as well. A lot of AEW fans get pissed off when they bring AEW does bring up WWE because they're like, come on, enough with this already. Let's not remind people. AEW cannot, um, in, in reality other than the all-in show, finance-wise, can't give the WWE a run for their money other than the money that Tony has already amassed. But AEW can create a perception with their social media that that they're doing a lot better than people might think. And that 81,000 in Wembley is case in point. WCW was never able to do a show like that. You know, as big as WCW was, and, you know, for a, a, a while there, WCW was running the pro wrestling business and was the top was the top company in pro wrestling. They never were able to do a show like the one that we saw last weekend in Wembley. So this is, I mean, that's a big, big deal. Now, with Huge success, with, with success, you have to know how to have success and build on a success and continue to have success. Unfortunately for AEW, things have been kind of marred with this punk situation, which is unfortunate because I know Bully, that's the last thing that we want to talk to. And I get that a lot of fans were like, well, if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to talk about it. That's news. That's big news when a major star like CM Punk is fired. We have to talk about that. 
But with success, you have to know how to take success and build on success. We're going to have to see if AEW is going to be able to do that. Now, unfortunately, like I said, it's kind of marred by a lot of the dark cloud and the backstage bullshit. They're going to have to know how to ignore that, use that, and and help succeed with when they have a show like when they did with All In. You're going to have to be able to build on that. I said it, Bully. We had a discussion about it, right? You know, you said to me, all right, Dave, that could be just an anomaly. 82,000 fans, you know, and I said, well, I think they could build on that. But unfortunately, what were people talking about after All In? They weren't talking about 82,000 fans. What a victory. What a win. Wow, it's great. This is awesome. In this current state of pro wrestling that we could have, another company other than the WWE draw a stadium full of people. Unfortunately, we were talking about all the bullshit backstage. AEW's got... And, and listen, Bully, Tony Khan making that decision, hopefully that will skew things in the right direction for AEW. Only time will tell. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.